Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about The Lost City from directors Adam and Aaron Nee. And joining me is Joe Black, coming back to the show uh, as we get into in the conversation. This was one that he had really been talking up for a while and so i saw it i enjoyed it i really liked their previous film band of robbers which we'll talk about a little bit more in the conversation and i'm happy to have joe here to talk about it so that is coming up here in a second before we get to it though i want to remind you as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever you find your podcasts whether that is apple Podcasts, spotify pocket cast good pods pod chaser all the various podcast apps you can find us you could subscribe you could rate and review and if you like what we do here on the show you could drop five stars we would really appreciate that you could also follow us on social media at piecing pod join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces and don't forget about our produced by david rosen patreon where i'm actually gonna post this as soon as i finish x Supporting it, uh, and then it'll eventually make its way onto the main feed, where you may be hearing it now, and it's a couple months from now, and who knows what's happened in the world of movies by then. But uh, yeah, maybe you're hearing it right now on the Patreon, and if you are, I thank you, all uh, eight subscribers we've got so far. But maybe you'd like to uh, add to the subscriber list there. But yeah, we've got a lot of great content on the produced by David Rosen Patreon, uh, stuff from piecing it together, of course, as well as awesome movie year, and stuff from my music career. So check it out patreon.com slash by david rosen so with all that said let's talk about the lost city all right joe black is back with us joe Hello. how's it going i'm i'm good i'm good just got off of a 12-hour day at work and i'm ready Ooh. to talk about the lost city yeah kick back with a nice little adventure romance novel and uh talk about it with me on the uh, microphone i thought you were gonna say kick back with a nice little uh glass bottle yoohoo oh that's too. yeah we got to get that going for sure mm-hmm. yeah let's product place that all over the place here but shout uh, out to my favorite beverage yes that's right yeah the lost city is a movie that was i you know of course i saw the trailer like everyone and i was like Okay, that looks like a maybe. You know, I, I might see that. I like Channing Tatum. Sandra Bullock's okay sometimes. I like Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, you kind of talked me into watching this movie, Joe, because <laughs> I, I was just like, it was like a maybe, you know? And then I was like, okay, I got to see this because Joe has been talking about it a bunch. Uh, 
I know from behind the scenes of just chatting with you that you're a fan of Adam and Aaron Nee's previous film, Band of Robbers. You turned me on to that as well. Is that why you were looking forward to this? Um, I mean, well, I mean, there's so many reasons that I was looking forward to it. I mean, first of all, like rom-coms are my favorite genre, specifically like action rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, what was it, 2010 where we got um, like Killers, The Tourist, Night and Day, like all in the same year. And I was just, sure. in, I was in heaven the yeah, whole year yeah. that I love all three of those movies. And um I also love Sandra Bullock. Like mm-hmm. just top to bottom love Sandra Bullock. Uh I hate most of her movies, but I think that <laughs> she's so good in all of them, even the horrible ones. Mm-hmm. Of course there are good ones. I mean pretty much everything she did from like Demolition Man and I'll even throw Speed 2 from Demolition Man to Speed 2 that like 4 year run, 3 or 4 mm-hmm. year run was really good. Um Channing Tatum I mean, he's my absolute hero. I when he popped up in Free Guy last year, I was like, God, where has he been? We need him back. Uh-huh. Um, but then, as you mentioned, Adam and Aaron Nee, I actually worked on a film with them back in 2005 that they were starring in a movie called South of Heaven. It's just mm. this little independent, uh, like Dick Tracy, as done by the Coen Brothers type noir that mm-hmm. they shot in my hometown, and I was just a kid basically. And Adam, especially, like just kind of took me under his wing. It was like really nice to me and like taught me about the business. And like, he even gave me his copy of the script when it was all over. And I ran into them five years later out here in LA, right before they went to shoot their first film band of robbers. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. I'm going to go shoot my Western. Let's see who gets famous first. Mm, And uh, mm. here we are nine years later and they're, you know, making he man. But I was just, I was excited for them. Like, so like across the board, this was just like a dream come true kind of movie scenario for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's weird too. Like what happened with Channing Tatum? I wonder, I mean, of course the pandemic plays, you know, a a part in that, but like he was in so much stuff for a little while and then just straight up was like, I'm taking a quick break guys. I, I, I will not be in anything for a little while. And then comes back with this, with, co-directing dog earlier this year mm-hmm. which was a pretty fun movie you know we didn't cover it on the show but it was uh, not bad um he's back all yep. of a sudden god bless him i really loved dog actually and uh actually you i don't know if i told you this the guy whose dog it is in the movie the dead soldier who they keep showing his picture and stuff he's mm-hmm. in natasha hall Really? Yeah, he's he's in the Switchblade suit. He's the guy driving the car at the end. He's in my movie Natasha Hall. So I, that's awesome. It was like, yeah, it was. A do- I'm sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden, Eric's photo pops up, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, <laughs> uh, and he's in it a lot for being just in pictures. He's kind of the third lead behind David yeah, and right? the dog. So good, yeah. good, good job for Eric. All around, yeah. my friends are just having great successes, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> dog was great. Yeah. Yeah, and and Channing Tatum, I mean like he can he can do anything as far as I'm concerned. I yeah. you know what I mean? I from 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 GI Joe really is where I was like, "Hey, this guy's actually got something." Yeah. And then yeah. of course he talks shit about GI Joe. He's like, "Get me out of this franchise. Just kill me off." <laughs> He's got opinions, Joe. You got to respect his opinions, you know. <laughs> but let's 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 get into this movie The Lost City. I uh, I I I've got a a Kind of all over the place list of puzzle pieces here, but I, I think we'll have some good stuff here. Uh, we, we'll get into what works, what doesn't work, all, all of it. Uh, what do you have for your first piece? I mean, we might as well get them out of the way. Um, not just Romancing the Stone, but mm. also its sequel, Jewel of the Nile. Sure. Um, it it uh, This movie very blatantly steals from it. it. It kind of is all but just a remake. 
right. um, of romance and, and openly, you know what I yeah. mean? Like same hero name and everything, you know? Yeah. So like, um, but it also, I appreciated that it, it borrowed heavy plot elements from the second film, which is a little lesser known and lesser liked by right. those who know it. Where in the second one, Kathleen Turner gets hired by this guy to uh, this billionaire to write his biography, but then it turns out he like just wants to kidnap her, and he's got this jewel, and he wants to take mm. over. You know, it's it, and they've even got the special like plane in that one. You know, like Daniel Radcliffe in this movie. Nice and yeah, I mean, like, and and I, you just recently saw that movie, right? Like, yeah, first time. I mean, it, it it's always been on my radar. It's come up as a puzzle piece a bunch of times. Just last year, Jungle Cruise came up. You mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, yeah, I just never actually got around to it until now. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those. You know, what's so funny is that it's one of those movies that when you watch it, you you can like feel the textures of that movie. Like you actually kind of feel like you're in the jungle or like you're sure. in that crash plane with all the weed that they're burning to. You know, um, for better or worse, you feel really dirty and grimy, like you're sure. in. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. this this one kind of my one of the things about the uh, Lost City that doesn't quite work is that like the it, it's so digital looking it's i know that they actually slick. yeah they also i know that they shot in the jungle for a good chunk of it but like there's a lot of post sheen added to this and some green screen work and you know you, you kind of wish they had gone full you know full regalia on it but like yeah you know it's okay I, i'd say it's just about as good as romancing the stone this movie yeah. I'd say I'd say it's on on the level and yeah as for that like that slickness I mean when I first saw the trailer I was like oh no this is like another Netflix like a, a red mm-hmm. notice or something like let's just get a few big stars and just put them on a green screen and green screen in some like nice looking locations and that's the <laughs> movie you know and yeah it, there's a little of that that is true about the movie but there's enough fun in it that you know, it works when it, you know, when it actually gets into stuff, it, it starts to work and there's funniness and there, there's a lot of great camaraderie between the leads. I agree. See, one of the keys to a movie like this is that the jokes have to be good and yeah. like, and on it, like you can get away with so much if the jokes are good. And yeah. I would say that it's, it's a pretty fair statement that the jokes in this land pretty much throughout, yeah. like the, the jokes themselves all land really well. So yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll go to my first piece then. I, I absolutely have Romancing the Stone on my list as well. Who wouldn't? But uh, I, I'll go with a movie that, of course, I'm going to bring up here. Uh, my favorite adaptation. You know, Charlie Kaufman, uh, as the character of Charlie Kaufman, as played by Nicolas Cage, is uh, getting further and further into this tale of, of crime and drugs and love and action and all this stuff that he absolutely did not want his adaptation of Susan Orleans, the orchid thief to uh, turn into. You realize that it's turning into that on screen. And of course here in the lost city, Sandra Bullock's character, she's kind of run out of steam for writing these kinds of romance adventure novels, and she doesn't quite want to do it anymore. She's not as against it as, you know, a Charlie Kaufman type is. She's down to do it because it's a job, but she's kind of burning the candle, I guess. And Mm -hmm. she has to go along with it, though. And then, of course, this whole situation turns into just like one of her books, which is, of course, goes right back to Romancing the Stone. So it's exactly like that, too. So just the whole meta angle of all that, uh, I had to think of an adaptation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that you could work that in there uh, for yourself. yourself. Um, You know, it was funny. It never hit me in the trailer. It didn't hit me until I watched the movie that I'm like, wait, we're watching a movie about somebody who writes books. 
Mm-hmm. Like the whole opening credits where they're like, not only is she supposed to be like a book, an author who's successful at it, but also that like the whole opening is her, her agent calling her and leaving her messages like on her home answering machine. Yeah. And I'm watching it going, yeah, that's, I don't, you know, yeah. Answering machines and books in 2022. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, you kind of. Someone have... must be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but when they do the big reveal of uh, her doing the book seminar or whatever, you know, that with with Channing Tatum, which that also is kind of like seen an adaptation where he goes to the seminar or whatever. Sure, absolutely. And, and the guys flat out like you all suck. Um, and, and isn't it called like romancing the story or something like that? Oh, isn't that the name of the seminar? I don't know. You've seen I, it more than me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean in uh, in the Lost oh, in City. This. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's like a I, banner in the background or something. Never noticed. Never does. Yeah. You see, you're good. You should be a director. Um, mm. No, uh, <laughs> I thought that was the name of the thing in adaptation. <laughs> that would be so random. It works for both, though. Like you yeah, know, why not? But uh, but anyways, um, I don't know if they did this intentionally, but it really struck me when you the whole first half of that sequence, we're looking at the stage, you know, and hearing the crowd off camera, and then they mm. finally do a wide shot of the crowd, and there's like thirty people. Sure, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, I wonder how intentional that was. Um, either yeah. way, it's funny. Yeah, it is funny, right? Either way, for sure. Um, and, and I mean, also, I, I should say, you know, it, it, you don't have um, Band of Robbers as a puzzle piece here, do you? I well, I had it as one of those. Uh, I call them the the Chad the Chad pieces, the dangling <laughs> yeah. Chads, where it's like one of those. Because um, I, I so I got to see a test screening of this movie, and it's no different. By the way, mm-hmm. they did some ADR. That's the only difference. And I, you know, uh-huh. I saw it months ago, but um, but. In Band of Robbers, Adam Nee, the director, also is in the film. Band of Robbers, for those, I assume most people listening who haven't seen it, um, sure. it's it's a, sort of a modern-day retelling of Tom Sawyer, but in a small town about bank robbers, and one of them is a cop, and that cop yeah. is Tom Sawyer, and Adam plays Tom. And when we saw the film, uh, the preview screening for the first time, when we saw Lost City, my wife and I... Adam is in the film as a cameo as a yeah. cop. And I told my wife afterwards, I was like, I wonder if he's like, you know, like that's like a little homage to Band of Robbers. And when I finally saw it in the actual theater, I watched, I looked in the credits and he's credited as Officer Sawyer. Sure. Um, so yeah. that's why I was going to use that as, you know, a little like, you know, extra piece. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I figured I might as well just kind of throw it in there in the middle here, like at, at the beginning, really, uh, just because, you know, that that same kind of sense of humor, kind of like it, it's I, I wouldn't really call it self-deprecating, but it's just kind of like a very knowing point of view and sense of humor, which I really like. Yeah. Like, look, between the two of them, I would recommend Band of Robbers over Lost City. Sure. Only because you've seen Lost City before. You know what I mean? With those actors and stuff. And Band of Robbers is kind of like a lot of really nice talent that you can unearth. You know what I mean? Like yeah. looking at that movie. Um, what's interesting too now when you watch Band of Robbers is how that kind of independent film is kind of dated at this point. Mm-hmm. It was like the last leg of, um, like basically ever since Tarantino hit, there's always like a director who comes along every four or five years who completely changes the way that all indie filmmakers try to make movies. Sure. You know, so like Pulp Fiction comes out and suddenly everybody wants to be Quentin. Well, Royal Tenenbaums, after Royal Tenenbaums specifically, not Rushmore or Bottle Rock, after Royal Tenenbaums, every indie filmmaker wanted to be Wes Anderson. Sure, yeah. And that lasted for a long time. I would argue, actually, that lasted up until Nicholas Winden Refn. Like, ever since Nicholas Winden Possibly, Refn, everybody yeah. just wants to do Drive. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, but Band, of, uh, Band of Robbers is 
a very Wes Anderson-y kind of feeling movie. Yeah. It's if Wes Anderson and the Coen brothers had a, a had a birthed a child, then given it up for adoption, and that child had to come to its own, you know, in a, in an orphanage. That's I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's go to your next piece. What do you got, Joe? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, puzzle piece show. Um, <laughs> well, since you got to talk about your favorite movie adaptation, I'll talk about my favorite movie to recommend to people, which is Fool's Gold. Mm, um, nice. Which oh, I did watch after your recommendation, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and, and I went, oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Fool's Gold is, um, like I was talking about earlier, uh, you know, how like I love these action-adventure rom-coms. I think that is like the gold star. Um, mm-hmm. It is, it's like, it's one of those movies that like, uh, for those of you who don't remember, Matthew McConaughey and uh, uh, Goldie Hawn's kid, uh, Kate Hudson, that's her, um, they are uh, divorcees who are like uh, both treasure hunters at heart, and they kind of band back together because they have a lead on this treasure they were always searching for. And evil Kevin Hart playing a, a evil hip hop star named Bugs Bugs yes. Bunny um, is trying to stop them from getting the gold. And it was one of those movies that I totally when I when the trailer came out in '08, even I was like, no, <laughs> like I'm not seeing that movie. Sure. Um, and I didn't see it until lockdown. And when I watched it, I was so blown away by it. And my wife came home from work when I had like 10 minutes left in the movie. She's like, what is this? And I said, fool's gold, you fool. And she watched it for a minute. She's like, this is great. I wish I had watched it with you. And I was like, let's start it over. Nice. And we did, you know what I mean? I, and then that's when I was recommending it to you. And it, yeah, it's so you can see from my description how similar these two movies are, you know, the like, you know, tropical location, jungle, searching for treasure falling yeah. in love again kind of movie. but um i think that fool's gold is one of those movies as imperfect as it can be at times it's exactly what hollywood promised us mm. it's beautiful people in beautiful locations having a a wonderful romantic time mm. and ending up better off than 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 they started out you know what mm. i mean yeah and 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 like i'd say post post 2000s we've gotten two movies like that in the whole in the whole laundry list of hollywood movies in the last 22 years we've gotten two movies like that one is fool's gold and the other is spider-man 2 <laughs> that have just like really perfectly captured that thing that hollywood promised us right i can't remember did you like it or yeah <laughs> i i did i did okay. i i didn't love it i it's not that far off from the lost city I mean, sure. if you if if you're listening to this and you like the Lost City, I'm I'm I don't think I would say that Fool's Gold is better than the Lost City, but I would say it would make a good movie night along with it. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, it's it's on the level. Yeah, and for all the people who uh, like uh, the 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 older crowd who wants to go see Lost City, you know, because they just love Sandra or whatever, you've got people like Donald Sutherland is in Fool's Gold. You know what sure. I mean? So a little throwback there, you know. Um, yeah, I, there's one joke in, in Fool's Gold that it, it, it was in every trailer, and it's the joke that made me not see the movie, which is when he's like flying a plane. She's like, yeah, where did you learn to fly a plane? And he's like, oh, you know, PlayStation. <laughs> like every movie was, yeah, every movie was doing that at the time. Like Snakes on a Plane, that was like the whole third act, you know? Yeah. Keenan Thompson, learned it on a PlayStation or whatever. You know? <laughs> Terrible, just awful. <laughs> well, 
I'll go to another piece, and this is one that I'm sure was probably inspired by Fool's Gold. Uh, It is the 2017 Amy Schumer Goldie Hawn movie, Snatched, which I see you making faces, and those faces are completely warranted. Not very good, but certainly aiming for this kind of uh, adventure. You know, the the, uh, romantic, fun... Like you said, you know, just uh, these these stars going on a big fun adventure where things go crazy, things go wrong, and everybody wins in the end. Uh, just a fun time at the movies kind of a thing. And, of course, that itself was inspired by Romancing the Stone. I would say uh, it, 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 Fool's Gold as well. Um, all, all these things, they kind of fit so nicely packed right into that very specific subgenre of adventure movies. Um, and again, I, I don't think Snatch was very good. I I think it had its moments, but I think it it fits in so well. And even though that's more of a mother daughter adventure, you know, Channing Tatum is so just like adolescent, he can almost be viewed like a son to (laughs) Sandra Bullock in a way in this, the the way he's just so childish and kind of, you know, dumb most of the time that, that it kind of fits that mold anyway, even though it's a romantic adventure. Yeah, that's kind of that's one of the main issues that I had with the movie both times I watched it is that like the 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 romance in Lost City is a little lacking. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to say that they don't have chemistry because they do. They you know what sure. I mean? But like the movie doesn't really give them time to like get that sizzle going. There's you know a lot of plot to get through. So Yeah, well, funny enough, I think the main problem with with Lost City, if I had one, is that I think act 1 could do a better job of setting up Sandra Bullock's relationship with her to her dead husband. Mm. Like, they could have done a better job of clarifying right out of the gate that they were adventurers together and that ever since he died, she's been trying to write these books because she's too afraid to finish the work that they started. Right, right. right. Give her a little more motivation, you know? And I feel like we needed a little bit more with Channing Tatum beforehand because we see him as this big ridiculous thing, and then five minutes later, he's talking secretly to himself about how he loves her, you know. Yeah. And why wouldn't you have like a first scene where he's talking to one of his friends about like how nervous he is because he actually loves her, so that yeah. when we get that first scene of them together, we already are in on his little juicy secret, you know? Yeah, little little spices like that. Um, Snatch though also works because of the whole plot of her trying to find her mom at first, is like Sandra Bullock's um, assistant in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, sure. going on her own little journey. And, like, they even do the whole speech to those guys who won't let them get the airplane. Just she's like she's a lot of fun, uh, that that actress, Divine Joy Randolph. She, she's really fun in this. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, Kat yeah. likes her, too. My wife likes her, too. I don't. I think yeah. she botched it. I She also was in um, Only Murders in the Building. The oh, I haven't Steve watched show. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 if you like Steve Martin, watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, he's my favorite writer, so I do, and I did, and I enjoyed it. But yeah. there's something about her where she just, I don't feel her committing enough. That scene where she's trying to tell these guys to, you know, get her the boat out there because she's tired and needs a massage and all that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, she, like, I feel, I felt it both times I watched it. She just doesn't own that scene in the way that mm. I want her to own it. I want her to, like, be, a, like, firm and, like, get her way. But she's, like, she's a little reserved. I'd, mm. I'd actually like to see her in a more natural movie. I'd like I to see think, her. Yeah. Yeah, instead of in like this big fun adventure movie, I want to see her in a more like kind of down to earth, you know, like early Judd Apatow type movie, you know, something like mm. a Knocked Up. I think she'd really excel there. What was the That'd name of the cool. guy who made Snatch? Jonathan Jonathan Levine? 
Is that his name? That is a person, but did he make Snatched? That I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure uh, he yeah, did. It is, John, it is Jonathan yeah. Levine, yeah. He's hit or miss. He's got an interesting career. 50-50, the whackness, yeah. mm-hmm. warm bodies. Yeah, I like him. I, and that's the only reason I saw Snatched, that and Goldie Hawn. Um, yeah. But, uh, and and I'll, you know what, David? This is the nicest thing I'll ever say about Amy Schumer. Okay. She didn't ruin that movie. <laughs> Fair. Right, yeah. I I would I would agree with that statement. That that is that is uh, I I will make that same statement. She did not ruin that, and that is probably the nicest thing I could say as well. So, yeah. what do you got for your next piece? I have I'm I'm debating. I have two more pretty solid ones, but one of them's a little. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the sillier one first, I guess, but just okay. to make you laugh. Um, cop out. Oh, okay. um, awesome! <laughs> it worked. Uh, cop out because uh, you you teased me uh, the last time I was on here that I bring that movie up very often. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and uh, I mean it every time. Uh, this time specifically, I was thinking of Brad Pitt's character in mm-hmm. this movie. How he's like this special ops expert who like they need him to go do his thing, and he's a badass, and he blah blah. blah and then just one random hiccup, and he's yeah. fucking dead, done, and out of there. And then in the end credits, he comes back just like randomly. He's still alive. Yeah. yeah. And that is exactly like Sean William Scott's character from Cop Out. Okay. He, he is right. a criminal who Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan see doing like parkour to like get around in this house and steal a bunch of stuff. And they end up finally like arresting him. And then later on in the movie, they have to break into the bad guy's house and get like the baseball card thereafter. I guess that's the plot of the movie. Yeah. And so they, they get Sean William Scott, and Sean William Scott's doing his cool, like, you know, like, parkour thing. And then he just, like, missteps, falls, and breaks his neck. <laughs> and there's this a really... sounds great. Yeah, there's, there, no, there, there's a really great moment, too, where Bruce Willis and them, they're cops, right? And they're trying to decide what to do with his dead body. And Bruce Willis is like, uh, let's just throw him in the dumpster. <laughs> and Tracy Morgan goes, what? We can't throw him in the dumpster? He was my friend! <laughs> um but yeah he's dead and then in the end credits there's like a mid credit scene where like in a morgue and there's like this mortician and there's the body bag on the table and she's hearing weird noises and somebody's like repeating her like who's saying that who's saying that and she finally mm-hmm. unzips the bag and tim and he goes boo and she screams and that's the end of the movie yeah so obviously that's what the knee brothers were um yes <laughs> all cop out 100 percent. that's good cop out meets romancing the stone that's that's the movie well Time's going to tell on that movie. Yes, I, I think you're probably right. Uh, I'll, I'll go to my next piece here. Uh, I'm going to go with Ruby Sparks. Uh, Paul Dano as a writer, writing his dream girl who then comes to life. And uh, Sandra Bullock doesn't think that uh, this character that's played by Channing Tatum in her uh, on the covers of her novels would be her type. But as it turns out through their adventures together, she falls for him and ends up being everything that she like needs in the moment and, uh, ends up being, you know, perfect for her by the end of the movie. And so, uh, it's a different path to get there, of course, but, um, you know, similarly, she's created this person kind of, Mm -hmm. I remember the trailer for Ruby sparks and I remember the poster for Ruby sparks, but Paul Dano being in Ruby sparks kept me from seeing Ruby sparks. And you never seen it, huh? No, and it has what's her name too from um, the Big Sick, right? That was like her big yeah. breakout. I, yeah. you know, she's there's something about her too that I just don't jive with. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not a criticism of her, but like the Big Sick, especially. I'm just like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not digging what she's laying down. You know what I mean? Mm. So like I don't really have a. What did you see, Ruby Sparks? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw it. I liked it. Um, I, I think if do they end up together at the end? Uh, no. From what I remember, well, I, I haven't seen see it, it since it came out. See, but I don't think they see. Do. That's my thing. Like, of course they're not gonna because it's Paul Dano. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> like, like, and, uh, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't mean that as like who would want to end up with Paul Dano, but like, that's right? Just but that kind of, kind of character. That's though, the kind yeah. of movie that Paul Dano would be the star of. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. You bring up something interesting though about Sandra Bullock creating this. You know, uh, that's something I did want to point out. That Sandra Bullock, I had this thought. You know, she's incredible. Like, like she, her filmography. If you go back and look at it, is actually like amazingly bad. Like, really bad. Like, oh yeah. And and and, but like, you know, she is consistently great in everything that she's in. Like, she's a good actor. Yeah, she really is. Like, um. Even all the way back to like her Roger Corman days, Fire on the Amazon. Like you watch her in that movie, and you're like, "Why isn't this movie about her?" You know what I mean? Mm, like she's that yeah. good. But I think that her performance in The Lost City, the part that like it's it's a great performance, but I don't know if it services the movie because I feel like she's really invested in the pain that her character is feeling, like mm. the pain of the loss of her of her husband especially in that third act when they're in the tomb and stuff. And, and so that, that's what kind of keeps the sizzle from the romance happening because mm. Sandra Bullock as an, as an actress is honoring that part of her character in a very mm. real way, which kind of clashes with the big, silly, fun adventure. And again, I'm not criticizing her. I'm not, you know what I mean? But I, it is something that stood out to me that like she might be too good yeah. to do this anymore. Um, kind of like when like a punk musician you know, like graduates to like heavy metal or something. And then, you know, 30 years later, tries to go back and do another punk album. You're like, hey, you're, you're better than that. You yeah, know what I mean? It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I felt about Sam Raimi when he did Drag Me to Hell. I was like, mm. eh, you've graduated. I know. Yeah, I but know. Drag Me to Hell rules. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I'm yeah, man, I won't say otherwise. I mean, I don't agree, but I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So uh, what do you got for your next one? I got... This is the only like, like really solid final piece that I have. And when okay. I told... When I told my wife I was going to use this piece, she was so excited because uh, it's like her favorite movie. It's a movie called Vibes. Okay. Um, I haven't heard of it. You haven't heard of it. Great. Well, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, watch it. Uh, I've seen it a few times because of my wife. Um, it stars Cindy Lauper and Jeff okay. Goldblum, right. who are two members of a um, psychic uh, help group where they have psychic powers. Right. And this con artist played by Peter Falk gets them to go to South America to help them find this ancient relic. That's I feel like, like you went back in time and directed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be like a. Yeah. I, like uh, that's kind of how Kat got me to watch it. She's like, I feel like you made this movie. But so the whole movie is them trying to get to this ancient treasure that turns out to be a mystic relic before like this evil you know billionaire guy does and the evil billionaire guy is using other members from the psychic group who aren't such good people Mm. and of course jeff goldblum and cindy lopper they don't like each other at first and you know they fall in love it is a hoot it is Mm -hmm. so good it's definitely one though that when you watch it you go well i see why nobody saw this movie you know what i mean because it is really funky and it is really like um what's the best way to put it lo-fi it's a mm-hmm. lo-fi kind of movie, but I think you would enjoy it, especially for Peter Falk's character alone. He's such a, yeah. you never know when to trust him, mm. you know, in the best way. Even when he's like being stabbed, you're like, did he really get stabbed? Let me see. 
You know, like, yeah. like he's he's I, I he he makes the whole movie. Um, I kind of wish there was a character like that in this movie, somebody a little more sinister that you couldn't. You're like, can I trust this guy? That that might right. be, like Danny DeVito in in Romancing the Stone. Sure, um, sure, yeah. But yeah, vibes. You know, another you know just like trekking through the jungle looking for you know ancient treasure, falling in love. Only this one has like you know superpowers and shit. Yeah, so, absolutely. That, yeah. It sounds great. I, I got to look that movie up. That sounds like fun. It it is. It and it's short. It's like eighty minutes. Nice. You know? um, Even better. And my my <laughs> wife, she didn't really know anything about Cindy Lauper, and she was like, I, I I thought that that voice she was doing was fake in the movie. She's like she's like that accent was so crazy, and she's like, but then I looked her up in interviews. No, that's just her. <laughs> that's Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. awesome. Uh, I will go with uh, my last uh, full piece, and this isn't really so much a puzzle piece in the sense of uh, inspiration, more more of like a companion piece, I guess, um, something I wanted to bring up, because it's also a brand new movie from this year that I just felt goes so well with it, and that's a movie you liked more than me, uh, called Marry Me, mm-hmm. uh, with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. I, I thought it was all right. We covered it here on the show. But basically, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because these two movies kind of come together into a remember studio comedies kind of a moment, which we don't get a lot of nowadays. It's all either indie movies or just these just cheap, schlocky, you know, big budget movies like the Netflix stuff that we see too much of. And these are kind of throwbacks to to these like old school kind of star-driven studio comedy adventures. And uh, marry me, not an adventure, straight-up studio comedy, but still. um, I would also maybe even throw Jungle Cruise from last year into the same mix. You know, like I said earlier, uh, you know, it has a lot of the same inspirations. Uh, But yeah, just bringing big uh, stars into something with a lot of jokes and a lot of fun and let it all go. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm glad you mentioned Jungle Cruise in that because the reason why Jungle Cruise doesn't work in my opinion as well as marry me i know that sounds Mm -hmm. crazy to say i love jungle cruise actually but i loved marry me much more is because jungle cruise tried to do something classic in an with the in the new way with Mm -hmm. all the cgi and kind of like the ip borrowing and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of cgi yeah yeah but marry me did it classic you know what i mean other than being shot digitally that's a classically made movie sure um and um i don't i don't want to use the word throwback although i understand why you used it i would call it a, a more classic uh way to make movies yeah. and yeah. honestly oh man i'm really glad you brought up marry me because i've been wanting to talk with you especially about the month of february last mm-hmm. month i think was one of the best months for movies that we've gotten in years mm-hmm. like all of the big releases last month well now it's we're recording this at the beginning of April in February. The, the, the February's releases you had what was it? Marry Me, you had Jackass, you mm. had um, Dog. Dog was a big release of February. Yeah. Ev- oh, Studio 666. Okay. All of these movies were the kinds of movies that you used to go to on a Friday night. Sure. Before this pop culture hive mind kind of happen these are classic movies these are movies that are about their stories movies that are about their characters no matter how deep or or shallow you think they are and they all worked Mm -hmm. and they all did well considering i know that marry me was kind of split because of peacock 
but like it did well on Peacock and did fine in theaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think that those are the kinds of movies that are going to save movie theaters because people went to these movies. Yeah. You know, the outfit was one that was supposed to come out that I was looking forward to as being one of those movies too. But it not only did it get delayed, but it also wasn't very good. Mm. But yeah, I just thought that the month of February, like I don't think that, you know, everybody talks about like we want like the middle budget, you know, $40 million, you know, blah, blah, blah movie to come back. And it's like, yeah, that's all well and good. That's all, you know, yeah, sure. but you can't do the $40 million movie the way that modern movies are getting made. Right. You know what I mean? You can't do this overuse of CGI, which I'm not, I don't hate CGI. I like CGI. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's a tool. Right. You know what I mean? And you have to actually give a shit when you make it. Like yeah. that, that's like this huge misconception. And I think you might've seen on the, on the puzzle pieces, uh, Facebook page. I kind of got in this conversation with, Tony and about it, um, about the Cassavetti's quote about mm. like audiences go like we call it escapism, but people are actually going to become emotionally engaged in something. Right. And and I think that like th he's talking to filmmakers there, not to audiences. He's not saying the audience needs to realize that they're emotionally engaging with something. No, right. these filmmakers need to go back to an emotionally driven creativity. You know, I, I, Christopher Nolan, I think, actually killed movies uh, as we know them. I, I mean that. Like, like, yeah. because, but, but part of the reason why he quote unquote killed them in my eyes is because he's good at what he does. Right. He's a you talented person. Exactly. But his, his aim is to do something that isn't what the goal of movies should be. Right. Like, as far as my opinion is concerned. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, like Batman Begins, I think, was the death of Hollywood. Because mm. it was this new IP-rooted, information-based type of filmmaking where you had, like, like I used to say that filmmakers always had to battle the studios because the studio, you're, 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 this podcast is the perfect example of how, you know, everything made now kind of is in reference to something else in a way. You know right. what I mean? Or is at least influenced by it. And it used to be that like studios would sell movies that way to people in the trailer or poster. Like, hey, it reminds you of Batman or hey, it reminds you of yeah. Romancing the Stone. But now what I see is the problem, the, the sickness, if you will, is, the, <laughs> is that filmmakers are making movies from that perspective now. Mm. And they rely on your context of your previous experiences to tell their stories. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't have to actually get you emotionally engaged because they're banking on you relating to it already. Yeah. Based on other movies you've seen like this. And uh, Marry Me, I was very afraid of that before seeing it. And because Jennifer Lopez is in it, I think she's awful. But, mm. but I loved it. And I loved her. And I in the movie because they weren't trying to do that. And I know you guys teased Owen Wilson's performance, um, but I, I can't lie to you, man. Like, not to speak as any kind of know-it-all, but from working with a lot of actors and seeing a lot of actors work, what yeah. he's doing in that film is incredible, actually. Okay. Like, I, I, like, like, like from my, in my opinion, from my perspective, I was blown away by how tuned in he was in that movie. Well, I, I always like Owen Wilson. Yeah, I just of thought he was a, he was a little uh, sleepy. That's but all. but but again, like it like one of the things I loved and the music. You guys you guys liked the music. I think you guys are fucking nuts cuz I think the music <laughs> is like terrible in the movie. 
But uh, that's because I have like a, a I'm re- I'm repelled by modern pop music. Sure. And that yeah. movie, the the music is uncompromisingly authentic. Yeah. To what pop yeah. music sounds like, just like Owen Wilson's character is uncompromisingly authentic to a math teacher single dad. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, so I, I love that movie. And I think that what was the actress we were talking about earlier? Sandra Bullock's assistant in this movie? Divine Joy yes. Randolph. I would much rather see her in that movie than mm. in this movie, because that's a much more, you know. Yeah. Anyways, end of end of rant. I'm sorry. That that's fine. That's fine. We we got a little uh, extra in on uh, a marry me. Why not? You know. Well, and this so. movie's too. It's like like I just want to see more of this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and thank God these movies are at least good because yeah. there's nothing worse than like when a movie like this that you really want to like comes along and it's just like horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just like, oh, you just got it all fucking wrong. You know. Yeah. Um, there was one that just came out on Amazon that you really liked. Um, so I feel like a jerk for bringing it up. But it what, was, I want you back? That's the one. Oh, I loved my it. God. Yeah. I, like, I, it was like, pull my teeth out one by one. I, how many times do you have to reference the pulling the mask over somebody on the airplane before you finally just get to the mask on the airplane? Oh, it worked. It worked. It you know why great. it didn't work for me? Why? <laughs> a, because I'm waiting for it the whole time. Like that movie Mud. It's like how many times you got to mention a snake bite before somebody gets bit by a snake. You know what movie I love? Mud. Mud. Ooh. Yeah. Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> what's the movie we're talking about? Lost City. Lost City. Lost City almost committed this sin, too. I cannot stand it in a romance when the two lead characters don't kiss. Mm. And it actually happens. It happens in a few movies, and I want you back. The two leads, they don't kiss. Yeah, well, and that, I mean, it's supposed to be an anti-romantic, but I know you probably don't like Get that. out of my face with that <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, man, it's a movie, man. Movies are all about romance. Even the downers, like adaptation, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, even adaptation gives us Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper getting it on before getting yeah. chomped by some gators. That's the whole Chris point. Chris Cooper's of, so good in that yeah, movie. Yeah, but that's the whole point of that movie. <laughs> the whole point of that movie is, like, get the fuck over yourself. I kind of look at that movie as I look at Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, where I'm like, you know, Spike Lee makes Do the Right Thing, and then every movie since then, I'm like, dude, did you not watch your own movie? That's how I feel about Charlie Kaufman, where like he makes adaptation, and every movie since I'm like, dude, did you not watch adaptation? Like, you know what I mean? You gave us the goods, and now you're giving me Anomalisa. Fuck you. <laughs> great movie, great, yeah. great movie. But let let's get to our finished puzzle here, and we'll get to some closing thoughts on the Lost City. Um, yeah. Our finished puzzle includes, of course, Romancing the Stone and its sequel, Jewel of the Nile, uh, which I, by the way, have not seen. But one of these days, maybe I'll watch it. We'll see. But uh, adaptation. Don't bother. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) Adaptation, Fool's Gold, Snatched, Cop Out, Ruby Sparks, Vibes, Marry Me, and we got a little Jungle Cruise in there as well. I had one more to throw in. Okay, what do you got? The Pest with John Leguizamo. Wait a minute. What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, you've seen that one, right? Of course. I mean, it's been 20 years plus, you know. Before I speak, I have to let you know that, like, when you said, of course, like, my heart fluttered. I yeah. Like, I love that that was his response. <laughs> You've seen the pest, right? Of course. Like, yeah. You idiot. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a little older than you, Joe. Back then, the pest was amazing when I was, like, I don't know, 
13, 14? I'll tell you something? right now, uh, yeah. in my mid-30s, the pest is still amazing. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. I got to rewatch it. It's hilarious. Days. I tried to show it to my wife one time. Oh, my God, David. One of those moments where I know I married the right woman. She's like, let's just throw something on tonight. And I'm like, okay. And I put on the pest, and it opens with him dancing in the shower and all that, doing <laughs> yeah, his song. Yeah. And Kat, the look on her face, I look over at her, and she was just like, her face, she was completely like amazed. Yeah. Just like stunned, like tears in her eyes. And she turns to me tearful and goes, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, this is the pest. And she goes, I, I can't do this right now. I can't like, what is this? I can't, this is too good. I, what's happening? Like she made me turn it off. And like months later, finally, she was like, I think I'm ready to watch that pest movie. Oh, um, boy. Yeah. But I bring it up. I bring up the pest. I mean, mostly just to talk about the pest, so that people watch the pest. But yes. also because it fits. Because he goes to the jungle. The eccentric billionaire lures him in, pretending it's something else. But then ends up mm. he has to escape from the island and the evil billionaire, and like you know, and yeah. ends up you know getting all the you know riches from it or whatever you know. So yeah, it fits enough for me to you know bring up the pest. Yeah, it, I, I you know, and also I would say out of all the movies we talked about. Knowing, like, having watched Band of Robbers, like, I have a feeling Adam and Aaron Nee would be inspired by the past. Absolutely. You know? So it's a really good one to bring up. For it, sure. Yeah, it, it, you know, it came out the same year and was released by the same company as a Carrot Tops movie, Chairman of the Board. Sure. Which I also really enjoy that film. Uh huh. But yeah. um, I think of those movies as like The Shadow with Alec Baldwin and The Phantom with Billy Zane. Where, like, those came out at the same time, very similar movies, and you watch them now, yeah. and, like, The Phantom is just as good, if not better, and that's The Pest. And The mm -hmm. Shadow is like, yeah, that was fun when I was a kid, and sure. that's Chairman of the Board. You right, know? right. So, yeah. That's what your listeners come to this podcast for, to hear people they, talk about The Shadow and Chairman of the Board being the same movie. <laughs> They sure do, man. They sure do. Uh, any, any, any closing thoughts? Anything we didn't quite get to? Um I mean, we covered. It I don't know. All, there's, there's good jokes in this. That's the only other thing yeah. I would say. I mean, we we kind of touched on it. But there's a lot of good stuff, especially all the Brad Pitt stuff. A lot of really good laughs in this. Um, yeah, it, Channing Tatum's great too. That's what happens you know? when you hire great actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no offense, but like, you can't throw Amy Schumer into a movie like this. It has right, to be right. somebody as good as Channing Tatum. It has to be somebody as good as Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. And um, Kevin Hart, when he was in Fool's Gold. One of the mm. things I loved so much about it was that that was like the last movie he made before he became Kevin Hart, as we know right. him. Right, Kevin Hart, the and, Kevin Hart guy. And so he's playing a character, and he's actually brilliant in it. Mm. And it made me all the more like disappointed that now all he does is Kevin Hart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Much like uh, his cameo in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Mm. Good transition, Joe. I... <laughs> <laughs> so normally this is where I would uh, throw it to you to recommend a new movie, but as we discussed before we started, today we're going to do things a little bit differently and uh, recommend that people don't watch a new movie, uh, because this past weekend that we're recording now, uh, Judd Apatow's new movie, The Bubble, came out, and I, this is not hyperbole, Joe. I, I really think this might be the worst studio movie I've ever watched. That's how far I'd go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. I like I, I've told you, I still think Trainwreck is leaps and bounds worse. Mm -hmm. Like much, if only because though it's in the wheelhouse of what should work, right? For, for Judd Apatow, that you know makes I mean? sense. But but to me, I at least laughed a few times. It, it's a bad movie. I mm -hmm. laughed a few times in Trainwreck. That gives it a point or two. 
I got nothing out of the bubble. I got a couple things out of the bubble, like a couple, like not laughs, but little titters. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Leslie Mann had a couple really solid deliveries. Like mm. even when the jokes themselves weren't funny, her delivery. She's got a she's got a nice timing to her. I I, um, I love her. She's yeah. she's great. When they I have a real thing for in movies. I love it when characters lose fingers. Um, <laughs> I really I don't know why. Like I always find yeah. it, actually it's a perfect piece for um for uh Lost City because Adam Nee, the director of Lost City, in that movie I made with him seventeen years ago, his character plays a guy who gets all of his fingers cut off except for oh, his wow. thumbs. There you and go. he becomes a dark man type superhero who only has thumbs. That um, movie sounds insane. Oh, you you would love it. I, I'm working. I was 17 years old, and I'm working with Shea Wiggum, and I'm working with uh, John Grice and Henry from Henry Fool, and wow. you know, and 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 yeah, dude, that movie's fucking rad. You would love it. Um, I gotta watch that. Yeah, Morrissey owes me money because of that movie, but um, <laughs> true story. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Leslie Mann gets her hand blown off in the bubble. And you, while roller skating, which is another thing I love in movies, and you would think that, like, heaven sent, but no, I'm just like, dude, too fucking little, too fucking late. Like, and, and out of tone, out of character. This movie also, you've seen my films, you know that I have to have people dancing in my movies, like, like yeah. they're a Bollywood film or something, there has to be dancing. This movie sure. has so much dancing, and it's all bad, and doesn't yep. make any sense. And I thought that Iris Apatow was Maud Apatow. That's how much they looked alike in this. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the one positive I think I would actually say for the movie is I was like, wow, Iris Ap- or Maud Apatow is is better in this movie. She's learning, but no, it turns okay. out it's actually Iris. Just it's the other one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't say she was like good, but like she was at least doing a thing. But yeah. it um, it's not in any way, shape, or form a real movie, and. No. Worse than that, it stars people who deserved to be the stars of real movies. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of really talented, really funny people in this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I said somewhere or other, I don't remember if it was Letterboxd or Twitter, but I mean, the whole thing, it looks like an award show sketch. Yeah. Like, you know, and none of it feels like a movie. It all just feels like it's being made for the wrong reasons. It feels bitter and just completely empty and... Yeah, you say it's uh, like an award show sketch, which I think that that's an insult to award show sketches because I think yeah. one of the funniest sketches I've ever seen in my life is the MTV Movie Awards sketch about the Matrix sequels. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. you remember that with Justin I, I Timberlake I and Sean William Scott? Fucking yeah, epic. Yeah. So good. But yeah. um, it is bitter. That, I'm glad you said that. Kat was watching it with me, and she was a little... Uh, she had had a few, you know, because she couldn't tolerate the movie. And at mm. one point she goes, who's this movie supposed to be for? Right. And I was yes. like, what do you mean? She goes, she goes, people who don't make movies don't like either know about this or give a shit about this. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? I've been working on crew for a bunch of like TV, mostly like ever since, you know, things opened up a little bit again. And so I've done the whole thing where you get your nose swabbed literally every day and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so like I am kind of in that world enough and I'm still just like, this shit ain't funny at all. No, you know, it, it's a it's a all. sucky situation that yeah. we're all in. And not only is he trying to make fun of it a little too soon in a way, but like. It's just not funny. No. You know, I don't see this as a movie that like a generation removed from us can look back on and be like, oh, they just, you know, didn't have a sense of humor about it yet. It's like, no, we did. 
Yeah. This movie's just not fucking funny. This just is not. This is not it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't want to go uh, too too long on, on the bubble because it's just not worth it. And you know, I, lately I try not to even cover movies that I I don't like yeah. on the show. It's like there's so many movies that come out, and it's like I that's why I wasn't going to do an episode on the bubble. But I did feel like I needed to vent on the podcast just a little I, bit. I, I think just... that's fair. It's your <laughs> podcast. You do whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck you want. Well, thank you, Joe. I do want to give a quick shout out to a really great uh, film that I saw called Too Cool to Kill. Um, it's a Chinese... about this, or maybe you recommended I it. Did, I did, I did, yeah, yeah. I, I recommended it to you. It's a Chinese film. It's kind of like Bowfinger meets Get Shorty. It okay. is It is a wonderful, like, like movie-making meets gangster film comedy with wonderful performances. It is a fucking blast. Too Cool to Kill. Okay. Definitely, if you can catch it, catch it. I, I usually love movie-making movies, which yeah. is part of the reason I was so disappointed with the bubble. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd love to uh, check that out sometime, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, where can people find you and your films and everything you're up to? They can find me at bluemeanspregnantfilms.com. That's my company, Blue Means Pregnant Films. We have our own website, bluemeanspregnantfilms.com, where you can see almost all of my movies there for free, and you can see all of uh, the behind-the-scenes photos and documentaries and... You can have direct contact with all of us who make the movies and work on them, and we'd love to hear from you and collaborate. And Yeah. Awesome. Joe, thanks as always for being here. God bless you. Hey there, classmates. Tune in to Middle Class Film Class every Monday and Wednesday for weekly movie news, streaming picks, and one deep dive review. The Batman trailer. There was a teaser. There was a trailer. Trailer one, trailer two. Final trailer? I don't know if it's the same one. How many trailers do we need exactly? Leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion. Bullshit artist! Uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy! All That's right. awesome. You're going full Danzig. Right, I am. My, my trans you has no power over me. me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about The Lost City. Thanks to Joe Black for joining me on that one, and thank you to you for listening. If you enjoy what we do here on Piecing It Together, make sure you are subscribed on whatever your podcast app of choice is. And also drop us a little five-star rating. And if you could type in like a couple of sentences review about what you like about the show, that would be even better. We really appreciate when you do that. And, uh, you know, if you really, really like the show, you could also share it. And we really appreciate that as well. So uh, make sure to follow us on social media at PiecingPod. I am on Twitter all day, every day, uh, chatting about movies with everybody. So uh, get in touch on there if you'd like. And you could also follow us on our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And I told you at the top of the show about our Patreon, produced by David Rosen. Lots of great stuff over there, from piecing it together, from awesome movie year, from my music career. Uh, I am, uh, at the time of this recording, about to start dropping some uh, new music stuff on there. So that's going to be coming like the next week or two from today. Uh, so lots of cool stuff coming soon. So speaking of my music... As we always do here on Piecing It Together, I'm going to close us out with a piece of my music. And I was trying to think of something adventurous to go with The Lost City. So I'm going to go with the track called The Garden from my last full-length album, which was self-titled, just called David Rosen. Uh, and uh, I really love this track. I hope you enjoy it. I'm working currently on two new albums of new material, uh, so a lot of music coming soon. So keep an eye out for all that, and uh, we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.